0: Yep, the mix, the Knicks are back.
1: Welcome back to Bleeding Blue. Um, this is a show where my great friend Snacks and I, we talk about the history of this great franchise, about the New York football giants. Snacks, you are one of my best friends. You're with me as always. How are you doing today? I'm gonna to interrupt you and I'm gonna say I'm miserable because I'm I am my allergies are getting to me. I didn't even step foot outside today. And of course, the day that I don't step foot outside is when my allergies get to me I because I have a theory that the AC causes more allergies than pollen, even though it's probably wrong. How are you?
0: Yeah, you're 100% wrong. I, I don't think that's an actual fact based on science, but regardless, I'm not a scientist. I'm just a doctor. Um, but, yeah, I'm doing great. And, yes, you are one of my best friends as well. So, um, you know, you, you said you, you'd give me a minute. So I'll uh, I'll take a minute. As you guys can see on the on the YouTube, uh, if you're on the podcast, whatnot, I am drenched in New York Knicks gear right now, and a a team that was pegged by Vegas to win 23 games this year is now a 40 win team and the number four seed in the Eastern Conference. They are they have home court at Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena, the toughest arena in sports. That is the toughest place to play. I don't give a fuck who you are. That is the toughest place to play. In sports, and we got them. We have the MVP, the coach of the year, most improved player. We have two six men of the year. They're going to share the award. We have the executive of the year. We have everything. Justin, Justin, how did the 2007 New York Giants really win their Super Bowl? Grit. Grit. Grit, defense, hard work. Good coaching. Good coaching. There's only one team in the NBA that has all those checked off. They have all of it checked off. That's all they have. All of it checked off. So the New York Knicks are back. Yep, the Knicks, the Knicks are back. Anyway, we digress.
1: If they win a playoff series, are they no longer back? Or are they just here? Is Will that be the point?
0: See, I, I, I love you so – You're the only person that has ever brought this point up, and I know we talked about it. If they win a playoff series – Ask me them, I, I I really don't know right now.
1: It's I just not day by day feel basis. It's a day. It's a day because by. They could it's lose a day a by day. They could lose, as everybody sees. I'm really schwitzing under the pits. Um, <laughs> if, you're, if you're on the YouTube crowd, you get to see it. If you're on the podcast app, sorry. Um, yeah, you know I mean, because they could lose the game, and then they can win, and then they're back. Right,
0: but are they not back until they win a championship? Like, I what, I don't know what we'll, what's the we'll, end game.
1: We'll we'll see. You're right. This I mean, is, you're, is not a New
0: York Knicks history podcast. No, so.
1: and if you're anything like Mets fans, then you'll celebrate second place like you're, win- like you're in first place. So, Goddamn
0: right, Justin. That is such a great point by you. The Mets fan base is the most delusional, moronic fan base I have ever met in my life, and I and know J- Dallas And the Jets, Jets,
1: too. And the Jets, too. They besides, celebrate- them,
0: besides them. Besides them. At least, at least the Mets have had some sort of relevancy in the last six years. They went to a World Series. They lost to the fucking Royals, by the way. The Royals. But the Mets and their fans are the worst, worst, worst fan base ever. I hate them. It's May, it's May, and they were celebrating a seven game winning streak like it's the fucking World Series. Whoa. The fuck them. I hate the Mets and I hate their fucking fans. And I never hated. I never hated the Mets. Never did until I logged on to Twitter and I created a Twitter account. They are the dumbest fucking people ever. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. So
1: you talked about the preseason odds for the New York Knickerbockers. I did. I love call, I love listening to Steve Summers. The New York Knickerbockers,
0: New, New, the New, New, New York New Metropolitans, New Metropolitans
1: New are the greatest <laughs> baseball team to ever grace planet Earth. It's the a New phenomenal York, impression. Yeah, thank you. So the New York football Giants, their preseason odds heading into the 2007 season. I already told you this before the show, so it's not like I can ask you it and then quiz you. Um, during your initial guesses, you were pretty good though, so I have to give you credit. Out of 32 football teams in, in 2007, the Giants preseason odds—they were the 15th highest team, most likely team to win the Super Bowl. Preseason vet, betting odds in, in Vegas plus 3,000, and their over/under for wins that year was eight. So, congratulations if you bet the Giants to have over eight wins, and congratulations if you bet the Giants to win the Super Bowl because you won a lot of money
0: it's it, it's funny because that, that's a middle of the pack team. They're literally picking what 13, 14, 8 wins, 8 and 8. That's exactly what Vegas thought. They're a mediocre team. They're not great. They're not bad. They can win eight games. And sure enough, team of destiny. So
1: how many games are there in the NBA regular season? I thought they were eighty two.
0: Uh this year was seventy two. Because yes, those- normal normally, yes, it was shortened, but normally oh. it is eighty two, yes.
1: Okay, so they picked them to win 20 something games. Okay, twenty. So that's not. A, a that's not. That's not a. That's not a middle of the pack team. You can't even compare the Knicks to the Giants. The, no, Vegas that's a lottery was, team. Vegas was yeah. Vegas was projecting projecting the Knicks to be awful.
0: Awful. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then the four seed. Good so for the Knicks. Thank you, Justin. But
1: moral of the story, you cannot compare the twenty twenty one Knicks to the two thousand seven Giants. Can't correct 2007 unless Giants
0: they
1: win. Ah, eh? two thousand seven Giants were better better in
0: you, every know, regard. you know i agree so i don't I'm want to talk to about it but you know what i what i also agree on actually i don't even know why i said you know what else i agree on because you, you wanted may- you
1: wanted to have some sort of transition so i'm gonna do it for you
0: thank you because i could not transition and i was trying to but i couldn't that's so why here, you, that's so why you're what, the pro so
1: here's what we did last week this is not my first rodeo snacks this ain't my first rodeo cowboy hmm Here's what we did last week. Uh, what we talked about last week was the last three games of the regular season of the 2007 season. Um, Patriots game included, which is one of the best regular season games of franchise history. Well, you called, it, you called it the, today, you called I, it the greatest.
0: Sorry. You called it the greatest.
1: That was my hot take at the end of last show. You can't give too many hot takes to start the show or else people are going to log off.
0: I thought it was your, your best take, actually. But anyway, go ahead.
1: Thank you. So what we're going to attempt to do today is we're going to talk some... Super Bowl 42 run. Tom Coffin's perspective from the Super Bowl 42 run. A team to believe in. We're gonna finish this book. We're gonna to try to move, we're going to attempt to move on from this book. We're gonna talk about this Tampa Bay game kind of in depth because this is a game that we have not touched on in the podcast in the past. Glance over the Dallas Cowboy game because just fuck Jerry Jones, fuck him, Tony Romo, everything, everybody like that. We don't everybody knows about that game. And then we already talked about the Packer game and Super Bowl 42 the NFC Championship game, and the Super Bowl early in the offseason. So if you want to hear some of our bigger thoughts on that, going like 10 to 15 minutes and all into that, you can go back to early in the offseason when we talk about the Super Bowls and the NFC Championship games. So we're going to talk about these games a little bit, Tom Coffin's perspective, and then Tom Coffin's like big lineup kind of like reflection of the 2007 season. Then we're going to get on out of here.
0: Yeah, we're going to finally get rid of this book because we know you all hate it.
1: Yeah, Um. it's uh, so here. So here's what we'll say, like, (laughs) you know, speaking from hindsight, now that you've read it, I mean, I love Tom Coffin and I love hearing Tom Coffin's perspective on things. I enjoyed the first part of the book more than I have enjoyed his thoughts, like during the course of the regular season. I enjoyed hearing about his transformation. I enjoyed hearing about his philosophy, but, you know, it was kind of just like coach talk for the for the rest of it, like during the season and all that stuff. I am. Oh, my God. Do you hear my do you hear my voice? not really not really things that we couldn't get from like America's game or something like that
0: exactly and you you hit the nail on the head where in the beginning when he was talking about the change and everything like that in early in training camp and from from the 2006 season that was the book at its best and sure enough that's in the beginning so we appreciate you guys sticking with us for this but but Justin's right no we have never talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneer game, the wildcard game that seemingly everybody forgot about because you don't win that game, you don't go to Dallas on a road, and you know you definitely don't go to Green Bay and you definitely don't beat the 18 and 0 Patriots. So let's talk about the Tampa Bay game. What do you say?
1: What do you um what do you think the line was heading into this game? Three and a half. Three. Three minus three. So it was Come basically on. even.
0: Right, you play in a neutral field. That's an even game. They give three points to the home home team always, which I don't understand.
1: But Ooh, regardless, well, it's it's a good a uh, home field advantage mattered back then, but there is compelling data. I'm going to be very interested to see now that there's fans okay. back in the stands this year. 2019, it was basically 50 50. So you are actually seeing, and Vegas Vegas odds betters they know this. So they know everything. Yeah they 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 know everything even before it happens. So besides the Giants winning the Super Bowl 2007, but neither here nor there. Um I'm going to be interest, interested to see how the odds change this year. Will I don't think the home, home teams are not just going to be given 3 points anymore. They they shouldn't be given 3 points anymore cuz home field advantage has like dwindled the over the last really the last decade. Yeah, now is it is it
0: home field like the fans are loud or is it like a travel thing?
1: I don't, I don't know. You I know, really like don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it, both
0: combine kind of,
1: you can obviously see it at MetLife because you don't have, you don't have the Giants fans that were going to the games for decades and decades and decades. And right. that would actually try to give the Giants a home field advantage. Those fans aren't going to the games anymore. It's, yeah. you know, Oh, I'm going to bring my little Johnny to his first game and I'm, we're just going to have a good time. Um, or, you're a fan of an opposing team and it's like, Oh, the, the, the freaking uh, the, the chargers are in the area or, you know, this year it'll be the Rams. The LA Rams are in the area and I'm a fan right. and I'm just going right. to go um yep. or the Raiders. So I'm going to go. So yeah. that, that's what MetLife stadium has turned to, but that that's not just a, Met, you would think that would be like just a MetLife problem with the PSLs, but it's not. So neither here nor there, Tampa Bay. Yep.
0: R- regardless, we go, we go to Tampa Bay and, it really was a forgotten game. And, um, you know, I know you remember where you were watching that game. I remember where I was watching that game. And, um, so Coughlin talks about it. He, it's funny. He talks about Tampa more in depth, like on the back, excuse me, on the back end of things more than he did Dallas green Bay and new England, because like we were saying before the show, he loses that game. There's no guarantee. He comes back. That was a must-win game, regardless of what you know, making the playoffs or not. Three years in a row, the everybody hated him, the media hated him, what whatnot. So, all right. So, he, so he says we have two themes heading into the Tampa Bay game, quote unquote, road warriors and let's keep playing, end quote, alluding to the fact that we are having fun and playing football well and don't want it to end with a loss. Tampa Bay finished the regular season nine and seven. But remember, they rested their starters the last two games. So we we, we talked before we went on the air. And I, I said to you, I think Coughlin, I think the football guy inside of him was very salty that John Gruden rested his players for two straight weeks. You don't see it. That's abnormal.
1: Yeah. And especially after John Madden left that voicemail to Tom Coughlin after that week 17 game against Patriots. And not only did John Madden thank him for playing his starters, like because John Madden appreciated, it. He's like the game of football needed that kind of game and that kind of effort by your team. Um, So I, I think Coughlin, you know, Coughlin I'm sure took that personally to play his starters before the game happened, but then even after the game happened, you know, like that because of the effort that his team and he put, put forward, that became like, Momentum. We talk about momentum all the time. That became momentum for that football team because they gave their best foot forward in a game that really technically did not mean anything.
0: Correct. And you want to talk about momentum too? You want to talk about momentum? You want to talk about motivation? Mm -hmm. So uh, there was a Giants running back who wore number 21 for a long time. Not familiar. I'm not familiar either. Uh, Apparently he's a scumbag and a quitter and a loser. And A fuck boy, Ooh. fuck him. Anyway, do
1: you, do you know what a? Do you, you just call him a fuck boy. Do you know what a fuck boy is? I don't. No, think, I have no idea what it is. I don't think that's that's no not idea. accurate for this situation. No, this like like not. for example, right now you look like a fuck boy, with your oh, backwards. Like, I, look,
0: I I look like a Chad in college. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we your right a ba- backwards yeah. hat. Yeah. 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 You're right. I'm learning. All right. I'm a boomer, but anyway, anyway, Rondé Barber who. I believe should be a Hall of Famer because he was a phenomenal defensive back. Gave the Giants some motivation right off the rip without Coughlin even trying to find something. I'm sure Coughlin looked in at every book, at every website, everything to try and find something. But you know what? Rondé Barber did it for them. So it was easy. And I'll read it. Rondé Barber, Tampa Bay's All-Pro corner and Tiki's twin brother, stokes the pregame fire a bit with this quote. Of course we want to play the Giants. They win ugly. Shockey's hurt. And Eli has been inconsistent. The New York paper seed is trash talk. But our players don't bark back in the media. After all, this team knows our motto. Talk is cheap. Play the game. So are you for, for a team that is run by a guy. That literally looks through the sewer. For a motivational quote. They have a guy. Literally just barking up their ass, doing it.
1: The barbers also really just find a, always find a way to put their foot in their mouth. That's what I took from that. Oh,
0: you know, they always find a fucking microphone. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking assholes.
1: All right, but I I mean, that that's like the, I mean, you know, Coughlin has always tried to find like, you know, you said the clip, the quote, um, there's even a, there's even something from Pat Riley.
0: There is something from Pat Riley, which I, I don't
1: quite understand.
0: I really don't either, to be honest.
1: All right, well let's well let's talk about it.
0: Okay, actually, there's two things from Pat Riley, and it's funny. I'm glad we redid this because I missed the first one. Um, a person's greatest fear is the fear of extinction, but the worst thing is extinction and and insignificance. I like that. That's a good one by Pat Riley. The first yeah. good one. You don't like the second one, but
1: that's a good one. No, that's the, no, because that actually is true. So, a person's worst fear that's is extinction. But like, a a worst fear is being basically insignificant. Right. Exactly. Would you, would you rather? Want, you want to? You want to know who really probably took that to heart? Michael Strahan. Oh. Because you want to know what he had? This great Hall of—he he, would have been a Hall of Famer without this Super Bowl run. Correct. You know. He had a great Hall of Fame career, but he retires. And he wouldn't be insignificant to. To, you know, to Giants fans, but he is not in the same allure if he does not cap off his Super Bowl, if he does not cap off his career with Super Bowl, I don't even know if he is this media megastar that he is without the Super Bowl, without yep. this Super Bowl run. So that's a, that's really, and point. you know, it's. He wouldn't be insignificant, but he kind of would if he wasn't this media mega superstar. And if he didn't have the Super Bowl, he kind of would be in his retired career. Maybe.
0: Yeah, no, I never I never really thought of it like that. I think he'd still have a good career because he's charismatic and everything. And he was a Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, He would be on Fox. Without a doubt, would right. be like, on Fox he would always be on Sunday. that,
0: but like, good morning, America, and oh, everything yeah. is on yeah. Kelly,
1: Kelly, and uh, Michael. No,
0: yeah, hot ass Kelly Rippa. I know it's it's that, that's a lot. Like, you don't give that job to to know Joe Schmo, you're allowed to announce Super Bowl champion Michael Strahan. Mm-hmm. That rings different than just Hall of Famer Michael Strahan because most of these guys always say, I'd rather win a Super Bowl than go to the Hall of Fame. and. I mean, if I were a professional athlete, I would say the same fucking thing. But yeah, no, it it's it's a great point. The What's the alo- second quote? Yes, the second quote. I was just about to say that you fucking asshole. Momentum, power of one, collective will. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think that's just a collection of words. <laughs> That's what I think.
0: It's because you don't know philosophy like I do.
1: No, well, and also I don't know philosophy like Pat Riley. I mean, you, I mean, it, Pat Riley and Ben McAdoo are the two leading <laughs> leaders of philosophical thinking in sports. But their hair gelled back. One, I mean, we nobody gets how impactful, um, Frazier the sex crazed lion is. Um, nobody, d- nobody gets that.
0: We did talk about we did talk about that sex crazed lion though. Good for him. Yeah. Right. Ben McAdoo, what a a fucking loser. Anyway, um, so, yeah, we beat Tampa Bay in in 24-14. And I think, you know what's funny to me? You know how much I hate the Giants as much as I love them. Sure. Like, I don't hate them, but, you know, like, I always expect the worst. Always. Sure. No matter what happens, I always expect the worst. So I remember, I remember being like 15 years old, and I'm watching that game, and I'm like, you know what? I'm thinking to myself, Jeff Garcia, Tampa Bay, they won nine games. I'm like, we should beat the shit out of this team. I remember thinking that. Like, I, I didn't think about that about Dallas or Green Bay because those were two really good teams. Mm. Like, Tampa Bay, we should beat the shit out of them. And no, we, we just controlled the clock and ate everything up, which is fine. We still beat them soundly. But it, it, it's weird to me thinking back on it like that might be one of the few games I'm like, OK, we should really take care of this team.
1: I don't like the idea of beating the crap out of a team in the playoffs it's, if it's not the Super Bowl, because then you're riding too high and you're feeling too confident. I don't like it. So well, this that's was, why that, that's this why, was why they always perfect. kept it close. This was this was a perfect game. Eli was really efficient. That Tampa Bay defense was really good. And Tom Coughlin talks about that.
0: Yes, you're right. And that was his biggest point of emphasis because Tampa Bay, surprisingly, we just talked about Rondé Barber before, but they had the number one pass defense in the league that year. And, you know, Coughlin talks about their game plan revolved around running the ball, chewing the clock, everything like that. But Eli went 20 to 27 for 189 yards, two touchdowns. And Justin, what's the most important part?
1: Monty tumor touchdown catch.
0: Well, I was going to say no turnovers, but yes, that's important too. So Eli did not turn it over. They were able to move the ball through the air, which Coughlin, I mean, obviously always thought they could, but like it's when you're talking about it like that, you don't think that's your best course of action. So close to 200 yards through the air against the number one pass defense. You probably get some more confidence after that. If that makes sense. Like, that's like, again, momentum, momentum kind of builder. Like, okay, we could do this. We did it that against them. We could do, who can't we do it against?
1: Yep. And they did it against New England the week before too. And Eli looked really good. And um, one sack, eight yards. Sean O'Hara was out this game. Um, who was starting at center?
0: Gray Rugemer. <laughs> and you know, it's funny. Gray Rugemer, Gray Rugemer had like, literally had gray hair. I'm not even kidding. Pull a picture of him up, please.
1: I'll pull a picture up.
0: Yeah. he, he Gray Rugermer had gray hair when he was like 23 years old.
1: Kind of epic, if you ask me. That's a so, man. So Eli only had one sack for eight yards, but he was barely hit. Now, Jeff Garcia only took one sack for about five yards, but he was hit like 11 times. Uh, I know Michael Strahan had three quarterback hits. O.C. Munura had two quarterback hits. Fred Robbins had another one. Barry Cofield and even friend of the program, uh, Dave Tolfson had a QB hit. So even though Jeff Garcia was only sacked once, um, giant spread and butter this game was you know controlling the clock Eli Manning being efficient Monty Toomer had seven catches seven targets 74 yards um and just hitting the crap out of Jeff, Gar- Jeff Garcia and even uh shutting down old friend Ike kill
0: that's right I forgot Ike was on that team great great bad call right there Justin
1: that's um, the Tampa game anything else that you have from Tom from
0: no that that that's really it that's really it. And then uh, obviously we went on to be Dallas and Green Bay. And then um, who did we, uh, who the fuck did we beat that year?
1: I don't know. Slips my mind.
0: I know they were, they, they won like, like 18 games in a row. And didn't lose any of them. Yeah. Fuck. I, I can't remember their name. Um, <laughs> fuck them.
1: Anyway. I love Tom Brady. Did you, so uh, did you Tom I know Brady? I was just going to bring that up. This is, this is a good just going to bring point. that up. Um, First of all, let's just wrap up the Dallas game really quick. Jerry uh, Jones, oh, that's right. Jerry, we need, Jones, yeah. Jerry Jones is an asshole. I want to go back to Tom Brady. So we'll put a pin in that. Yeah. Jerry Jones is an asshole for buying his uh, buying his team tickets to the NFC championship game, which I mean. They just do it to themselves. Every, they literally every year, write they do it to themselves. themselves. Jason yep. Garrett, just having Jason Garrett as your coach and having that shitty offensive system, you do it to yourself. Well, well, I say that he, uh, in the same breath that I say Jason Garrett has a shitty system, he is our current offensive coordinator. Yes, I know that. Um. <laughs> anyway, he, they do it to themselves every year. Um. Again, you know, Tom Coughlin, uh, naturally just having motivational impetuses. That's a word. Impetus is a word, but I made it plural. Having motivational impetuses just right on your lap, he doesn't have to do anything more besides. Hey, this team thinks that we're shit. Go out and prove them wrong. That's the coaching for the week, um, along with game plan and stuff like that. Um, and then uh, Tony Romo going on a uh, the boat trip 1.0 mm-hmm. before that- the famous Giants boat trip with. I will say, I give Tony Romo a little bit more slack than. Our boat trip because it's different when you have number one, it's a bye week and you're going on a boat trip with the boys. Um, and then number two, it's not Just Jessica Simpson. Simpson, yeah, who's really a very good looking woman, yeah, still is,
0: still is, which is remarkable. She's got to be pushing in her 40s now. No,
1: that, that music video of oh. these boots were made for walking. You ever see that?
0: Have I ever seen it, yeah. My fucking bed has seen it a lot of times your, too. Well, sorry, so.
1: that's that's too much. I I didn't, we didn't need that. What do you mean? Your
0: bed? Oh, oh did I get too personal?
1: That that was a little too personal. Yeah,
0: not that's for the chat, not for anybody else. But
1: it wasn't yeah. as bad as that one time you felt your balls live on air.
0: That needed to be done.
1: Yeah, because I what did I say? The left one was lower than the right one. Then he had to check. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I checked like right and, away,
1: and you didn't need you didn't need to go to do further investigation because the left one did hang lower than the right one. All right, correct. All, all right, all so set. Tom, let's Tom Tom Brady conversation, and then Tom Coffin's overall reflecting reflection thoughts on the season, and then we're we'll, we're done with this
0: book. Yes, there's a because there's a couple things from no, Tom no, no, Coffin no. afterwards. No, yeah. no, I'm I'm saying there's a couple things afterwards of so Coffin. I, I want to just touch on, yeah, and then we could be done. But
1: Tom Brady, yes, go ahead. So he said this week, I don't know what prompted him to say this. I don't either. Do we ever it's, get context okay. behind it? No, I mean it was probably an interview, and you know what happens is the newspapers take a quote out of a long interview, and then that's what gets people talking, and then that's what gets people to yeah. click on the article. That's what happened. So Tom Brady said that Giants fans should love me because I that's the only team I was never able to beat. Um I do love that we that we do live in his head rent free. I am picking that up. I love it. And I do love Tom Brady. I love him. He, he provided the new England Patriots and Tom Brady provided me two of the best days of my life. And I will be rooting for him. As long as the giants are insignificant, I will be rooting for Tom Brady to win as many Super Bowl championships as possible because that makes Eli Manning look so much better.
0: Correct. Everything that you just said, I couldn't agree with more. And I hate agreeing with you. I think Tom said like giants fans shouldn't hate me. They should love me. Yeah. And there is well you didn't say they shouldn't hate me so that's why i said that um well maybe did regardless but you're right i love tom brady love him that guy like you said was on on the other he- on the other end of our two biggest wins ever they it was bigger than it was bigger than the the super bowl against the bills a bigger against the super bowl against the broncos that's the greatest football dynasty ever and we beat them We beat him twice, Justin. Twice. He can't beat us. Why would any Giant fan not like Tom Brady? I don't.
1: I don't see the reason why. I mean, it. It makes no sense. Like, who fucking cares if Tom? If they had a camera watching the Philadelphia Eagles practice in 2005, fuck the Eagles. I hope they lose. Right. Screw them. If they, if they, Tom Brady deflated footballs. Fine. Like you could cheat and you could do. Anything you want. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I don't know who said that. I think it might have came from NASCAR. I think Richard Petty might have said it. Is that true? Richard Petty
0: or Pete Rose, one or the other.
1: Yeah. I actually need to look. I'm going to look this up. But really, they they could have cheated. They could have had the playbook to Kevin Gilbride's offense that, that game. And they they didn't beat us. They did not beat us.
0: No, no, they didn't. And the fact, you're like me. I rooted for Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Yeah. The Like you said, the more Tom wins, the better Eli and the Giants look. So why would I not root for whoever Tom Brady plays for forever? It was Richard Petty. I was right. It was Richard Petty. Good for you. So it wasn't Pete Rose.
1: I am a NASCAR fan, so I should. You are a NASCAR
0: fan. You should have known that without looking it up. No offense. Well,
1: I I did know it. I just needed to confirm. Fair. How many times on this show have I said something is 100% true and then I then I have to give like the whole like list of like um, credits at the start of the next show saying all the things that I was wrong with for the stack corrections. Like this is a CNN, like, uh, like a fucking CNN, a debate show. Uh, (laughs) These are the things that Justin.
0: (laughs) You're right. No, you're right. You're right. It's a very, it's a very fair point. And um, just the fact that he brings it up, rent free is a hundred percent true, by the way. I
1: I, I feel like that's a a cliche. I feel like it's a cliche saying, and a lot of the times, like you know, we're we're kind of somewhat lower prominent people online snacks, and I love how people with, you know, that they're just people online, right? And they don't have their face for a profile picture, and they have a, uh, you know, a especially Googling if this niche. is a especially if this is a Washington fan, they have fucking Taylor Heineke is their profile picture. They'll comment on one of my posts, or or even the bleeding blue. The bleeding blue uh, uh, account will be like oh rent free, rent free, rent free, rent like like I hate that phrase. So do I. Uh, but it really, it kind of is true for Brady based off of some of the the hints that he's dropped of how salty he is that he lost those two games as he should, and he's a competitor. We give Tom Brady the credit for being like one of the best competitors of all time and the best winners of all time, and the only time that he lost was to us. It sucks. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. No, it,
0: it's true. It, it, it's true, and. Well, he he did lose to Philly, so we got to throw it in there. No, because no, no, we, no, no, no. We, we, we now we we don't we don't doesn't count want... in his
1: head. He apparently he does clearly not. not. Well, by see it.
0: that see that's where I was going to. He doesn't care because our doofus ass motherfucking team beat beat him twice. He's never gonna get over it. Never. How hard do you think he celebrated beating the Giants on Monday Night Football with the Bucs this past year?
1: when the giants should have beat them by 10 plus man, there was a two point conversion that Daniel Jones just missed. Yeah. Throw. Yeah. He missed
0: every fucking throw It's the worst game I've ever watched. Daniel Jones play in my life. Um, but do you want to wrap up with a Q, uh, a few quick thoughts from Tom Coughlin?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then so we, we, we could we sign off the, on this book. We win the NFC championship game. We win the Super Bowl. giants are victorious. We're, we're back on top. The giants are back.
0: Yep. The mix, the mix are back.
1: And, um, how does Tom Coughlin kind of reflect on this season after it's over?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's great because he has some bullet points that that really kind of like emphasize everything. And um, I love the fact that his first bullet point is uh, the fact that Jeff Feagles has been in the NFL for 20 years and almost walked away after 2005 made this season even more special for him. Jeff's story is just one of many. The punter. Yeah. Remember that? The punter who was very good, but he he goes on. He, he does a little tidbits about how did we go from being the brunt of harsh words and jokes to being on top of the football world? Our players maintained a great attitude. There was no finger pointing, no blaming, no blaming others. There was only support, especially when times were tough. We brought in talented new staff members, which I love to. I, I love coaching staff. Love it. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo, Chris Palmer, Thomas McGarry, uh, Sean Ryan. And, and we elevated people such as Kevin Gilbride and Tom Quinn, which if Will's listen, listening, we don't like Tom Quinn. 2000- I know, you
1: actually, you know what? I aspire to be like Tom Quinn.
0: Why? Do do everything bad and still get paid?
1: Oh, still find a way to survive four different coaching staffs and – just uh, he, he's got to have something on the mirrors or something I, just like jason garrett has stuff i guess he's tom pro- quinn tom quinn and jason garrett both have something in on the mirrors they're both sharing the same uh mp4 file of something inappropriate on tom it's, quinn not definitely- even mirrors it's got to be tish
0: oh wow that's yeah. a hot take not Maris tish uh-huh well if it's kate Maris
1: nudes then i'm gonna need Well, to no fucking- that doesn't count because she's already shown the shown the 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 the, the um Trying to think of a, a the British crumpets Nope that's not it She got news Well I've watched the TV show A Teacher On FX and she she's shown the Kate tatas
0: Yeah I believe so yes Do you understand I've been in love with that girl Since I was like fucking Eight years old
1: Yeah she showed the tatas a, a couple times on that show Wait Really Yeah you gotta you gotta watch it now It's, a, it's, it's called A Teacher it's on oh FX. My God. I just Hulu. restarted. Hulu. I just re-
0: I just restarted The Sopranos. I got a new show now.
1: It's very short. It's one season. Was not that good. I, don't,
0: the- care. I don't 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 even. Don't even give me the plot. I don't care.
1: I, oh I don't. want my oh give God. Me the oh plot. my God.
0: Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, let me get through this. Let me get through this because I want to go watch that.
1: We gotta go.
0: Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. You think? So we saw significant off-field performances on defense, offense, and special teams too. Blah 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 blah. blah. blah, blah. Jump. I want to read one last point and I think this is this is probably a good ending. So lastly, yes, you could probably add my changes to the list. So throughout our discussions Justin on bleeding blue we talked about his change being the number one factor of everything. My willingness to open up a bit to allow myself and those around me to enjoy the game of football. I didn't change my values, I just added some compassion to the passion. And that might be my favorite line ever. Um, I believe that by opening up and letting the players see me as I really am, I helped construct a better sense of team unity. And for all of that, I give credit to Judy, his wife, who we have talked about, who finds a way to teach me everything I need to know. And I think that last part really rings true for everything. I think that sums up everything that we have talked about in this book just that team does nothing unless Coughlin isn't a dictator anymore he changes complete ways and the first year he did it they won a super bowl everybody knew he knew how to coach football there was never an argument like everybody like Tom Coughlin knew football he knew how to coach it but the players never didn't respond to it and if the players don't respond to it. Maybe they don't get up on a Sunday at one o'clock and, and get ready to play. Maybe they're not staying hydrated all week or eating a good diet, whatever the case is, but he made it personal and he showed them his great side, his grandfather's side that his family loves. And that made the whole, that was the difference of that giants year, Cause I'm sorry. You put another coach on that 2007 giants team. I don't think they win the Super Bowl. Okay, I don't even I don't even know if they make the playoffs. That's how much I firmly believe that Tom Coughlin's influence and in what he did on that team and how he installed his new mantra with that team changed everything. And you can't get me to change my mind that I truly believe he did it all I nobody does that the guy went from almost being fired to changing who he is as a man and as a coach to treating his players in a different light and then everything switched everything switched so that's my rant and that's our Tom Coughlin review team to believe him team to believe him
1: all right we close the book on one story. I think that's a good way to say that. We close the story on one book or we close the book on one story. What's the correct way to say that?
0: I think it's the latter. Say it again.
1: We close the book on one story. The story on one book.
0: Story on one book.
1: Does We close the story on one book. Definitely. And now we will open up a new book relatively soon. I don't know if it's Jerry Eisenberg's No Medals for Trying yet. We're going to have some interviews. We're going to have some fun, various different episodes coming up. Snacks, I had the idea today. I want to do a rewatchable soon. Oh, yeah. Usually don't like them, but I want to do one. I'm so, I'm so down. down. You know I'm down. I want. To I find, love that. You know
0: I love that shit.
1: I want, to, I want to have the input of our social media followers. Okay. And I want them to pick a game, a full version game that's online, that's on YouTube from the 80s, either one of the one of the years that the I preferably from 1986.
0: Yeah. It should it should be a year they want to see, but yeah.
1: Yeah. And I and I want to start with 1986. Um, you know, won't be Haas Settler playing, it'll be Sims, and I want to watch a Sims game and I and I want to choose one of the 1986 regular season games that is on YouTube. Have some people choose, and then that will be a game that we do a rewatchable. We'll do that in the next couple weeks. Mm,
0: I am so down for that. And w- like we said in the summer for you, for you eighties and seventies and eighties and nineties fans, we're, we're coming for you.
1: We don't forget about you. Yeah, no, I want to, I want to warm up. I want to, war- I want to yeah, start warming up. I and love that. Getting a little bit more familiar and having some people come on talking about the older giants and, you know, maybe not necessarily always just eighties, you know, we may have some interviews that are planned up that, that are still talking about the the nineties and the early two thousands giants. So kind of phasing away from the 2007, 2011 giants for, for a hot sec. And, um, and as we close the story on Tom Coughlin's book, a team to believe in we head and forge forward for other things for bleeding blue. So snacks, that is it. We will see everybody next week. Keep on bleeding blue. We love you all. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening and snacks.
0: Fuck Tiki Barber.